0: Hello and welcome to the cocktail hour with me your host Erin Folk cocktail hour is a place where we celebrate the women in business who are shaking shit up this week we are talking to Crystal Rose performing singer and songwriter welcome Crystal hi thank you for having me I am so excited you're here Uh, I want to tell everyone who you are and then we'll dive into how you got here and then who you are okay sure have you been on a podcast before Yes. All right. You're probably like way <laughs> professional at this compared. I love so talking. We'll try to keep up at your level. <laughs> okay. Crystal Rose is a performing singer-songwriter based in Kansas City. She's open for artists such as Alice Merton, Trombone Shorty, and Flint Eastwood, amongst others. She's earned slots on some of Casey's biggest lineups like Boulevardia and Middle of the Map Fest. Crystal Rose was also seen on season 16 of NBC's The Voice. Catch her upcoming performance at Boulevardia Fest, June 15th at 8 p.m. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me here. So I am 100% The Voice's demographic, right? (laughs) Me and my kids and my husband watch it. Uh, We go from from singing show to singing show, you know. They're never on at the same time. And so we saw you on there. Yes. And we're insanely impressed oh, thank you so and much. then when you said you were from kansas city my daughter looked at me and said do you know her mom and i said not yet but i'm about to wow and then i reached out to you on instagram yeah you did i because did, i knew where to get you right in
1: those dms
0: <laughs> i slid in your dms that is right so i uh thank you so and then i missed your your coming back into my dms but eventually, because oh, yeah. we've been working on this for a minute.
1: We have. We really have, actually. Yeah. I'm so surprised I'm super excited. I made it.
0: I'm so <laughs> excited you made it. And I thought for sure you were going to be one of my uh, margarita girls. But here we are. And I just woke
1: up with like a something going on in my throat. So I'm just water and...
0: We'll meet for, we're going to be best friends after this. It's going to be fun. Yes, we will. All right, Miss Crystal Rose, let's just kind of start telling everybody. If you didn't see (laughs) Crystal on The Voice, not only because she was on The Voice and an amazing singer and everything I'm jealous of because I am world's worst singer, but your story (laughs) is super inspiring. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Thank you. So let's kind of talk um, just from the beginning. So you grew up in Kansas City? Uh, No, I've grown, I mean a little bit, but I've
1: moved around a lot. Where, Where were you born? I was born in Orlando, Florida. Um, I spent some time in Springfield, Missouri, Kansas City, and Hot Springs, Arkansas.
0: How did you end up, why were you moving around so much?
1: Just, you know, broken home, family issues, moving around all the time. And then when I was about 11 or 12, I moved to a children's home in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So I stayed there until I graduated high school, and then moved back to Springfield for college, and then ended up in Kansas City again.
0: How did you end up, why, Kansas City?
1: Oh man. Um well, have you ever been to Springfield, Missouri?
0: One time. <laughs> and I went out and I took a cab back and left yeah. all my. <laughs> yes. Just the one. Yeah, just
1: cabs. That's what they have there. Yeah.
0: Um it's But just- how'd you get from Hot Springs to Springfield, I guess?
1: Okay, so Hot Springs graduated from high school and the only thing anyone ever did in Hot Springs was go to college. Mm-hmm or stayed home and like went to the lake for the rest of their lives. And I just really wanted to get out of Arkansas. Um, so I went to Springfield, went to Evangel University, okay. a small Christian school. And I knew I could get in that school because of the home that I grew up in. They were a Christian, you know, child.
0: Okay, so sir, let's let's rewind a little bit. So can you explain what, how did you end up in a group home? It's like a a group home, correct? Yeah, it's a group okay. home
1: and a lot of us were like ward of the state. Some of us were actually like uh like foster kids or orphans, but very very few. Most of us just couldn't for whatever reason continue living with our family because they weren't able to take care of us. Yeah. So,
0: was at- it your mom, dad up until then? It was my um my mom.
1: Okay. But I grew up I spent a lot of time with my relatives before. I spent more time with my relatives than I did with my mom.
0: Okay.
1: Um and honestly I was just we just had it we just had it pretty rough and there's just uh we're already getting in this deep right now. <laughs> we just
0: started <laughs> Well we're starting at the beginning. I know, I know. Um But and you're fairly young still too. I right? am twenty seven, so, yeah. Okay. Oh, I um, thought you were you look younger than that. Thanks. Uh <laughs> oh. Okay, so, yeah, so, it was just
1: rough okay. and lots of abuse and things like that and um I was skipping school as a little kid. Like how old? Like grade school. Oh, wow. I was like Why? I I didn't want to go. Um I didn't see a purpose in it. It didn't really matter to me.
0: Who were you living with when you were skipping school?
1: I was living with my mom. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So were you were you on the hook of walking yourself to school and walking yourself home. Is we, that why it made it easier to skip?
1: No, we took the bus a lot, the school bus, which I always missed. And I can <laughs> and then like my mom would try to get us to like hop on the city bus to take it to school after that. And who's we? My siblings. I have a pretty big family. I have um four sisters and three brothers. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: Did they all grow up in Hot Spring at the home with you?
1: All of us did except my oldest brother. Oh wow. Yeah,
0: it's kind of crazy. But do you yeah. guys all help? Uh, Do you have the same father? We don't. Are those all siblings by your mother? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you know your father?
1: I I talked to him on the phone actually for the first time like last year. Wow. So How, why? That was crazy. How did that happen? Um, He started, he found me on Facebook Okay, and started reaching out to me on Messenger, and I just ignored him for a long time.
0: Had you never looked for him?
1: Um, I don't think so. Not not until that. Had you point. ever
0: wanted to look for him?
1: Mm, a little bit, but not enough to actually go out.
0: Did you and know who he was and all of that?
1: I knew his name and in my passport because I flew to Haiti and my family's Haitian. So okay. I had to go to Haiti for a little bit when I was a toddler, oh. and my passport picture his hand is on my shoulder so i had never seen his face before then or his face wasn't even that picture but that was like the only thing i saw of him um i think at a young age probably about 12 or 13 i just came to a point where i realized the mess that i had and i wanted to separate myself from it so mentally i was like okay i don't want this life so as of right now, I don't necessarily want the people that come with it. So I just moved on.
0: So how do you end up in the group home? What number are you out of your siblings? I, uh, eight, seven, six, five. I'm five. You're number five. So you uh-huh. had quite a few older ones. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. Wait, wait a minute. I'm three. I'm three. Three. Okay. <laughs>
0: Where are you going from down up? Yeah. I got it. There's eight? Yeah, there's eight of us. <laughs> wow. And how many of you were in that home?
1: Um 7 of us lived seven, there, but not of all of us lived there at the same time. Okay. So it's kind of just like a domino
0: ripple effect and then Was it a state a state home? Is that how it works?
1: It was. Okay. They did have to abide to like state laws. Okay. But it was strange cuz it was so like it felt so private and so Christian and like assemblies of God.
0: So there wasn't any like separation of church and state there.
1: No, not at all. We went yeah. to church every, you know, whenever the doors were open, but that was my life before. So, I was kind of used to it.
0: Wait, that was your life before you went to the home?
1: Mhm. So my you... mom is a Christian. Okay. And my grandfather is a was, he passed away a couple of years ago. Was a um, assembly a God pastor in Haiti. And okay. so my family's always grown up around faith.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this. Let me understand this. Yeah. So fun fact, I grew up with a pastor mother who I no longer speak to. We're totally estranged. Wow. So I personally struggle with the show of Christianity versus what goes on behind closed doors. Uh Right? Yeah. Um, And that's been a struggle for me uh, for a long time in my life. I've been through nothing like it sounds like you have been. But it's always been very crazy to me, this uh, persona that people show versus what goes on behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I guess where I'm getting lost, if you can catch me up, is you're growing up, it sounds like going to church every Sunday, Mm -hmm. doing the fan, in a big family, going to church every Sunday, but it wasn't like that Sunday through Saturday, Sunday afternoon through Saturday.
1: No. Well, yes, I always grew up going to church. Um, When I lived with my relatives, it was more of just like my siblings and I going to church and then my relatives staying home. And then whenever I was with my mom, we all went to church.
0: So how often, how many of those years were you with your mom? Were you with your mom, not with your mom, with your mom, not with your mom?
1: I was with my mom from birth until I was about four. Okay. And then or four to five. And then five till eight, I was with my relatives. And then back with my mom. From like five until maybe like twelve until I went back to the till I went to the children's home.
0: So why would you not be with your mom?
1: Um well actually the first and first of all, let me just say this real quick. I specifically with the voice, like trying to um share my story was it's it was pretty difficult because it's like Reality TV, they need to like cut it down to like a two minute sound bite, you know what I mean? Yeah, so and make
0: it as dramatic as possible, yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I get
1: it. So, like, all the interviews,
0: all of the trying to put the pieces together, and blah blah blah. Anyways,
1: so I know like this is it might just feel like a lot, but
0: um, no, I'm just trying to understand because. To go to church every Sunday, then what happens where, where you're right? Yeah, not so.
1: The first reason I was um, separated from my mom is because when we were living in Florida, our apartment burned down, and oh. at the time she had six kids, so she couldn't take care of all of us. Um, and she had to start over because we lost everything, and, and so no husband or no, no husband. man. I mean, there. she had a boyfriend at the time, okay, one of my siblings, younger siblings' father, okay, and so she sent the three oldest. Um, to live with my relatives in Springfield, Missouri, and she kept the youngest okay. with her in Florida, and so whenever she got back on her feet, we were all gonna be back. Do you remember back your up. house burning down? Yes, I do. How old were you? I was four. Wow, Isn't I that remember crazy? it. I remember that? Yeah, it's crazy. I have memories as early as three. They're not good memories, wow. but I have, but memories. have memories. Yeah, <laughs> um, this past year, my siblings and I, we've been getting a lot closer and we've been digging into um, like Ancestry.com and 23andMe and stuff. Did you take the tests and stuff? Yeah, yeah, and we found, I found our apartment that burnt down, it was crazy. I was like trying to call and see if they had any information about the fire and stuff like that, but they didn't, the fire department didn't keep records like that far back. Was
0: it the whole complex or just like your actual apartment?
1: It was, I think it was a big portion of the
0: complex. Was everybody okay? Did everybody yeah, care? everyone oh, was wow. fine, mm-hmm. but still it just kind of sucked. Family. Yeah. Okay. So you so that's that's nothing. On I mean, it's hard to take care of two kids, right? I, I know. A right? For a long time. <laughs> I cannot imagine for the life of me taking care of six kids in your apartment. Yeah. Down. So that makes sense. But then you come come back and live with your mom, and you mentioned that there was some sort of abuse. Mm-hmm. At, I guess. How do you end up back in the group home?
1: Um, During that time? Because then
0: you were with her for quite a while once you were back, right?
1: Yeah, a little so bit. Actually, hard. I went to the home two times. They kicked me out once.
0: <laughs> your mom kicked you
1: out? No, the children's home oh, kicked me out. the children's me home out. kicked you Yes. Out? They're yeah. allowed to do that? They can do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> they can do that. They sent me back home. I was a mess. Um, I just was not, a, you know, abiding by the rules and things like
0: that. Wait, so was the children's home more of a, a volunteer thing for your mom to send you to?
1: It was kind of because it was like... When we were, we were so truant in school and the s- child services basically said like. All of
0: your, you and all your sisters? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. They were basically just like either my mom goes to jail, which was like a, the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, they do that. Or um, you do something with your kids. And so.
0: Why do you think you were being like, obviously you're number three, right? So you got someone above you and yeah, well, you. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, what do you think the underlying factor was? I think it's just like,
1: just all that trauma. It was just like nonstop. Like every single, there's always something happening. There's, there's a fire. There's separation. There's no food. There's no heat. There's no water. There's just n- why no something. food and because she was a single mom. Um, I think so. She just, for some reason, I feel like we just when we lived in Florida, we were we lived in this like neighborhood that felt so isolated and it was so far away from like everything and so it just felt like we're out in a desert honestly yeah. like way down in the south um was it
0: an actual food desert
1: yeah for sure it was a food desert we lived there was like one gas station there um i was it, we lived in like this mexican community and it was like a mexican gas station and i mean a gas station but like a corner store yeah
0: and everything, we, we live by one of those now, where everything's in Spanish. Yeah, my kids actually love it because exactly. they have the tackies and stuff, right? Yes,
1: and the Lucas and the you yeah. know Lucas lollipops and all that stuff, the
0: hot Cheetos and <laughs> nothing healthy, <laughs> yes.
1: nothing healthy. Absolutely. But like that's the stuff we were eating. Yeah, you know, because there wasn't.
0: Well, I can't even imagine with that many kids. Like, what sort of car she could get everybody out in, right? Right. Yeah, and I,
1: I mean, I think she did have a car at some point, but it probably broke down, and so we were just kind of like really Would she work? stuck. She did. She did work. Um
0: why but do you, I, why do you think she kept having kids?
1: That's a great question. Um you ever asked
0: her? I
1: think my uh I think my aunt one time said like she was being really vicious and broken people hurt people. But yeah. she said something like, you know, I I told your mom to get her two tubes tied or something like that. I remember her saying that. Um,
0: How old were you? And did you know what you I was in, I was in grade school.
1: <laughs> but she was basically saying, like, I wish you weren't here to me, oh. you know, when she said that. But you were
0: only number three.
1: Right, right. <laughs> that was still. Like, Let me think about this real quick. Yeah. Peter, I'm just going to be naming my siblings names. Yeah, Peter, Lindsay, Richard, me. No,
0: I'm four. I'm four. four. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of siblings. To it is, yeah.
1: And I lose track all the time. How many dads? Um... Uh, I think three or four. How many of the dads stuck around? Um, none of them did, because none of them are here today.
0: I imagine, and I don't know, but I've been a single mom of one kid, and then I like to learn all my lessons twice. Yeah. I stopped too. <laughs> my kids, I got two kids by two different dads. And what I know is people get pregnant, right? People get pregnant. Yeah. It happens. It happens. And, uh... So I got pregnant with my son's dad. And at the time, I really thought he was like, we're going to be together forever. I was super young and we were going to be together forever. And quickly, once I was pregnant, I realized what a bad decision that would be in my own life. Mm-hmm. Still tried to make it work, but he was it, it was more work to try to make it work. And it was harder on my son than if we made it work, right? Yeah. He had a major drinking issue, all sorts of things. Um, uh, what I know is for the next six years, and this is just my experience, so I don't know if this was your mom's experience, but this is my very having a lot of support in my life experience with just one kid. I know that I turn to a lot of different men mm-hmm. just for some sort of validation and some sort of love and some sort of, please, can I still be attractive? Can I still be this? Can I still yeah. be that? Even though I have just one, just one kid, right? So I can't even imagine what it would be like. I'm very lucky now that I found a man that loves me very much and my kids very much. But the the amount of – after I had two kids by two different men, the amount of stuff on my shoulders of you don't matter anymore, does it even matter, and you get this unconditional love from your children, right? Yeah. Where it's like a catch-22. You're trying to get the men to validate you, but then you're trying – but then you're craving this love that you're getting from these children, I'm sure that there's some some sort of something there with her where she was just trying to feel loved. Yeah. Right? I totally. Is your mom still alive? Mm-hmm. Is she is she married now? No. No. She's not. Does she have any kids home with her at this point? If you're twenty seven, you're number four.
1: No. No, she doesn't. It's she's actually in a interesting place right now because my Younger sister, one of my younger sisters, um, took guardianship of my youngest brother. Okay. Who was living in the children's home that we all grew up in. Okay. But she wanted him to have more of a regular upbringing. Yeah. So she took him in, and my sister's been taking care of my little brother with her husband. And now my mom just moved into the house. Oh, wow. So it's, I don't even know what the dynamics are like. I haven't like gone to visit. Are they in Florida? No, they are in Arkansas, Arkansas. Hot Springs, because he's still in school. And she doesn't want to rip him from his high school. What the,
0: what the dynamic? You're just staying here. Yeah. Watching from afar. (laughs) I'm sure it's going great, but it's just interesting. Yeah. He's the baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What number is your sister after you? How many? After me? Uh, like how much older is she? Oh, she's
1: the sister that's taking care of my youngest brother. Yeah. She is, uh, 25, 24.
0: Okay. So that's a lot to take on at 24. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't even. But she's married. She's married. Yeah. And so it was probably a decision between her and her husband. Yeah. Yeah. That they had them. How make. many of the eight. Okay. So I know the one in high school is not, but how many of the eight siblings, how many of you guys are married?
1: Are married? Um, three.
0: Yeah. All first marriages. Um, one is a second. One's a second marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody have multiple children? No. No. What do you think that looks like? What you, I mean, because a lot of times they say break the cycle, right? Right. And so, if you guys grew up with a single mom who had a bunch of kids by a bunch of men and then now almost half of you guys are married and you've been with your boyfriend for a long time, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You're doing the move in here pretty soon, Uh right? (laughs) And you don't have any kids at 27. No. So you've clearly already broken that cycle. Yes, for sure, because she started having kids way. She would have had to have them, yeah. At eight at eight kids. I don't care how young you, you gotta start <laughs> to start some early. Some sort of young, right? You don't start that at thirty. Yeah. Uh <laughs> which is still too young to have a kid in my in opinion. In my opinion
1: right? as well. I just can't. Um honestly, that was something that I've I've always thought about. I always told myself, No way. Yeah. I am not going to have all these kids and not even be able to take care of them. Um I'm not. I'm just not even going to have all these kids anyway. Even if I could take care of them, I'm not going to have that many kids. Um,
0: but how do you break the cycle? As in, it sounds like your mom was looking for love in all the wrong places, or whatever that total cliche yeah. saying is, right? How, if you were acting up and you were being truant, bad enough that you have to go to a group home, uh-huh. you were looking for attention too. Yeah, right for sure. How did you break the cycle of you and your siblings not looking for that in partners? because i don't think anybody sets out to get pregnant right yeah. At 15 14 16 whatever i think people are looking for love they're looking they for love home. yeah so how do you break that like did t- i guess like just point blank did did you know about birth control did you just stay away like say the last thing i want to do is date like how did you break that actual cycle of not letting that looking for love turn into this overarching cycle you were trying to
1: break? right back? well i did look for love exactly like she did i was pretty promiscuous in um college and
0: were you just better at taking your birth control than i was
1: i never i've never been on birth control in my entire life you're just (laughs) effing
0: lucky is what you're saying i don't even know i don't even know what
1: that's like okay
0: (laughs) um but it took But if you were steadfast, okay, I'm going to dive into this. Yeah, let's dive. And and, in all fairness, you've never heard my podcast, so (laughs) she doesn't know what's coming. Um, In all fairness, you say you were steadfast on breaking the cycle, Mm -hmm. yet where you were doing something that could have set that cycle For sure. So many times. So not necessarily doing anything different than your mom versus maybe after one you would have learned your lesson, just a little less uh, fertile than your mom, maybe, let's say, right? When did you decide to purposely say, okay, I'm done doing that, this is really what I want to pursue, or this is how I want to eventually have my family? Did you ever make that constant decision? Did you ever wake up and say, I am being promiscuous, this is going to get me to where this is? Or have you ever visited that?
1: Oh, I've definitely visited that. Like, I remember, I think, uh, I'm definitely an overthinker, and I think about a lot of things way too long, and... I think I came to a point where I realized what I was doing um, and then I was like, okay, how much do I care? And then I had to make decision to go forward or not. Yeah. Um, but I remember being in college and like, you know, hitting up my closest friend saying like, I feel this low and I know what I do when i'm when i feel that low yeah and that is
0: you made that realization in college yeah oh wow
1: i was like pretty self-aware i just decided to move forward anyway because i didn't care i just i was reckless yeah. i would say and so yeah i would talk to my friend like every once in a while I'd be like uh talk me out of this i know what i want to do i know what i'm what i tend to do and um i think that Everyone's looking for love. Most of us are looking for it in the wrong places. And sometimes we kind of trade one awful place for another. Yeah, wow. And so so sometimes we think we're doing better, but we're really not. And so for me, I think um, first I looked for love in men. And then I looked for it within um within the body of like a church okay and so i really thought i found like acceptance and love and all the good family vibes that i didn't have in a church family and um and all and got super hurt by my past church um Actually got like excommunicated last year from my church what? that I've been a part of for five years. I want to
0: get me started. On it's churches. it's okay, bizarre. How do you get excommunicated from a church?
1: Gosh, um, you ask questions, and you maybe don't take everything at at face value.
0: Um, questions that aren't comfortable. Yeah,
1: and Maybe maybe you think for yourself a little bit. Yeah. That's how you get excommunicated. And I think that that's literally all it took, really. Wow. Um, I'd been a part of the church for five years and looking back now, I realized I wanted to be a part so bad, I gave up a lot of myself, like I did before, yeah. to the to these people that I thought were family that I thought would love me. Except the difference between like the church and like men was like I knew that having sex was the most temporary thing ever. Like yeah. I knew there was nothing was gonna come of it. Like I wasn't Long like looking pregnant, for right? love. I <laughs> yeah. was like looking for not
0: to be lonely at the time. Yeah, basically That's what I did.
1: but like with the church, I was like in faith, I was like, oh, this is this could be like a forever deep, deeply yeah. rooted thing. And it wasn't. So
0: Do you still go to church, just a different church?
1: Um I still go to church. We found a different church. Um I don't go as often. I mean it completely uh, what happened last year completely kind of just like shook everything yeah. about me and inside of me. And I think it also gave me this like permission to venture off and like explore in ways that I never would have because I had been so tied to this group of people.
0: I find it really interesting how you say, like, mind-blowing, actually, where you say we're looking for love and we sometimes just replace it with another place. Mm -hmm. I was just having this conversation with my best friend who lives in Dallas and all transparency, we were, like, the best party girls back in our early 20s, right? And so a lot of the people we were partying with, like, doing some major partying at times with, Mm -hmm. some of them have become these super devout Christians, right, who are in church all the time, running their – and we're like – if you could just – and no longer a version of the person we knew at all. Right. And so we were actually having this conversation because I think we've both kind of stayed true to who we are. I mean, we've we've grown and developed um, in our, like, personal lives and our careers and stuff. But you know who we are at yeah. the end of the day, right? <laughs> Those same people you don't know. And we were just having this conversation of how do you just go from this person to that person yeah. overnight sometimes it seems like. Mm-hmm. But I've never thought about it like that. That's- well,
1: I think, like, I'm having this conversation, honestly – um, often, more often now. And I think just like as humans, we, one of the biggest things we struggle with is balance. We don't know how to balance anything. It's one extreme to the other. Like you're good or you're bad. It's black or it's white. Like you're a Christian or you're an atheist. Like it's bizarre. It it just doesn't even make sense. Everything about this universe is just balanced. But we have a hard time doing that. And I think we feel fake if we're somewhere in the middle. Wow, yeah. We just need to, like, highly identify with one thing. It's so hard to just try to balance your life.
0: Why do you think we're like that? (laughs) I know you usually talk about your singing. I want you to digress the whole entire world. No, (laughs) this is
1: totally cool. Um, I don't know why we have such a hard time doing that. We just that's how we that's how we belong that's what we do we make categories we categorize everything and that's how we communicate and it wouldn't it doesn't make sense for like us to not label something yeah. everything has to have a label like i catch myself talking to my boyfriend's daughter she's eight and um, she's she'll be playing with her toys, and I'm always asking her, like, "Oh, what's this doll's name?" She doesn't name her kids or dolls. Her- oh,
0: yeah, neither. Do- My daughter's seven. Yeah, <laughs> but like I, they're just, all Barbie. They're all named. Barbie, they're all right? Barbie. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I just, it, it just, it's just so funny to me that like I need her to name everything, and
0: mm-hmm. or they're stuffed animals. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. and like I need everything to be in an organized place, but she just wants this thing to be here. No particular reason this thing to be over here, yeah. but like adults, we try to domesticate everything. It's just human nature. Like right. we don't know how to live in a world where everything's not black and white.
0: It's so weird. Yeah, i never really thought about it. But you said you're having this conversation a lot.
1: Yeah, I feel like I am because like I'm having you know these good, meaningful conversations with people, and this topic just comes up, and I'm like, we just don't know how to balance. Yeah, anything. We are so uncomfortable with like the unknown. You know,
0: do you think that's why churches become so profitable because we're so uncomfortable with the unknown? Because let's 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 be (laughs) (laughs) truthful. Most churches are bigger than casinos these days. Right. Like at the end of the day, some of these churches are insanely big. So big. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that makes you a better or worse church. I think you're just a better business overall. I look at it like a business. Yeah, for sure. Business that doesn't have to pay taxes. Yeah, I have to. Right. Exactly. But do you think that's why, because we just, we're so uncomfortable with the unknown that we've kind of grasped towards religion and churches in particular? Um. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it, like, coupled with just the
1: belonging, and when you don't belong, it kind of feels like you, you don't exist, Yeah. or you don't matter, you're not on the map anywhere, I get that, and that's something that I'm for sure walking through right now. Um, Like, I've always been a part of a church, like, leading worship. I mean, even this last church that I was a part of, not to, like, elevate myself, but I was literally one of their faces of their church. And I've always been recognized, oh, you lead worship at blank, you know? And now I go to church, like... I feel like maybe like once a month, yeah. which is so bizarre
0: because – That's about how often we go. And sometimes we switch churches just to see what's out there. Yeah, and I want to do that too. We've been going to the same church. I've been going to the same church on and off for five years. I'll tell you something that's crazy to me about church. I could never find – where you're talking about belonging. I could never find where I belonged mm-hmm. because there's no spot in a church for a single mom with two kids that's not divorced. So, you know, part of going to church is joining these small groups. Yes. So there's divorce care. There's child care. There's couple care. There's young professionals. There's no, you're in your mid-30s, and you have two kids, and you never got married. You just got pregnant on accident, <laughs> which is probably the people that need people to do the most, right, right? right? Now on Facebook, we got Facebook groups and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I, for years, tried to find churches. So, I would, so my kids are very used to... We on and off go to the same church for the past five years, but mm-hmm. but every now and then I'll see something mostly on Facebook or Instagram and be like, we should try out this church. Yeah. got great social. I like social, right? Right. We should go here. But it is it's it's such an interesting feeling. Like you kind of know if you want to belong there or not, and it's mm-hmm. definitely the sense of belonging. Yeah. Is that how you knew you were a good singer? Was by going to church. Like, when do you remember that you were like, I'm a dope singer? <laughs> I think I just said dope, I never
1: thought cool. I was a dope. <laughs> I was, honestly, I've been insecure probably like 25 years out of my 27 years of singing. I really always, always needed that validation. Cause when
0: did you start singing then?
1: I started singing when I was about five years old.
0: And when was somebody like, you're good, you could do something?
1: I like was this? about 10. I was living in Springfield, Missouri. We had a Boys and Girls Club like a block away that I went to all the time, and there was a college student that spent time with me there and was telling me that the club was looking for um, someone to sing the national anthem at a local college game. Okay, And so she's like, you should try out. And so I auditioned and they picked me.
0: At 10 years old, Mm -hmm. you sing the national anthem. Do you remember all the words?
1: Yes, except. (laughs) Hard song. Two weeks ago, or like a week ago, I sang the national anthem out of 5K and I totally I don't know what happened, but I sang we we are like we're so gallantly streaming.
0: We're what is it supposed to be? I don't
1: even know. We're. we're oh, it's like <laughs> wait, I don't even remember what it's it's a hard song I've never messed up the words before but like after I sing that line I was like something felt weird about that but I'm gonna keep going
0: <laughs> did anyone say anything
1: uh my boyfriend did because he uh. recorded it he was like babe I just I, we played it in the car and I was like oh that wasn't as bad as I thought because it was like <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning I was gonna say it was Saturday. probably early yeah.
0: but it those 5k there was a shit ton going exactly. on exactly right?
1: and he was like actually babe I just want to let you know you said weird
0: so <laughs> you're like, like, like cool. you sing it <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Where's the biggest place you
0: ever sang the national anthem? <laughs>
1: um Oh, Sporting casey last year. Oh, that's I think. cool. Yeah.
0: Have you done it at the Royals?
1: No, not yet. Dream though. Stream. I know some people over there. We'll talk after. It'll happen one day.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> make it happen.
0: I, I, I know some people over there. Where's your dream to sing the national anthem <sighs> besides the Royals? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. That's a big dream. I think so. How'd the voice happen? We're gonna get to your big dreams because they're my. Who knows who listens to this, but they are comparing it to Oprah on iTunes. So, uh, who's your? Which? Okay, you go on the Voice. How? What? How's that happened?
1: Well, um, they actually reached out to me about this time last year. How did they find you? Probably YouTube.
0: Okay, and you just, have a YouTube like,
1: channel. I do. I don't update as much as I should, but I think they probably YouTubed me and um, probably looked up you know local singers in Big, big cities, yeah. and they find a couple that are out there and playing shows often. And so um, yeah, they emailed me. I totally thought it was a scam, because I'm like, is this how this thing works, for real? Like, you just email people and say, hey. they get your
0: email from YouTube? How did they find my email?
1: Oh, well I have my email out there, you know. Okay. It's like on my website or Facebook or something. So through your website. Okay, so like your
0: official like, singing email. Not just like a personal email. No,
1: it was like my, my personal email. Oh, you... You should have an official email. Yeah, I have one now. I have one now. It's (laughs) teamcrystalrose at gmail.com. Hey,
0: Kaufman. (laughs) um,
1: Yeah, so they they emailed me. I thought it was a scam. And um, uh, they actually wanted me to audition for season 15. Okay. But I could tell in the time frame that they had reached out right before like it was about to go down. like yeah. It wasn't early in the process, it was very last minute. And so I sent them videos, they sent them videos, I sent them videos, and they Wait, said, when did you decide, no, it wasn't a scam? Um, I just did it. I you was just, just like, like, I'm just gonna go fingers. for who okay. knows, whatever. Because honestly, it was kind of bizarre. Last year was the craziest year of my adult life, because America's Got Talent reached out to me, and The Four reached out to me, and American Idol reached out to me, and The Voice reached out to me, all in the same year. It is nuts. And so I followed through with all of them. Um, followed through with America's Scott Talent. Okay. Got knocked out at executives. Okay. Um, the four. I don't think I made it past like that initial send us video. Or they kind of just they were nice. just like we'll we'll reach out to you. Like they just made this they make this like big pool of artists. And whenever I think they think you fit the. The plot, that's when they reach out to you yeah. type of thing. They didn't reach out to me. Um again. That after shows me, anyways. I'm
0: glad you didn't. It, it's an interesting I would have seen you on there, you wouldn't be on here. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're so nice. You're like, yeah, maybe I might still be on it. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> um and then um American Idol and uh that was an interesting one.
0: You're about it, you're about capped out of that one, right? Isn't that twenty eight? Uh no. I don't know. I don't think so. I got an idol story. You want to hear it? Yeah. Not me. Not me. But I could have been the next Kelly Clarkson had I been able to sing. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I was in my very early 20s, I lived in Dallas. Uh And I remember being at the mall and they were holding the first round of idol auditions. And nobody was showing up. So they were at the mall. Hand, at the Gallery Mall, handing out flyers to come to the audition. Oh my! And gosh. nobody was going, right? Because nobody knew it was the first one, right? Yeah. And So nobody. And I remember my friend came in, and she had taken this. Like we worked at the bar, she had taken this side gig. She's like, "Hey, you guys, if you guys want to audition for this, I can get you. We can go tomorrow." And she's like, can anyone sing? And we were all like, no, I can't sing. <laughs> but if and thank have- God we didn't think we could. Because this is before we knew they'd put those bluebirds out there. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So thank God no one was like, no, you really can. Because thank- I probably would have drank enough and gone. <laughs> yeah. But, but maybe you would have laughed about first it afterwards. One. So now I tell people I was almost Kelly Clark. Yeah. You I could mean, have just been just gonna sing, but totally
1: taking her spot. So what happened with American Idol? American Idol was interesting. It was just the timing. It was literally like same timing
0: as a voice. Have but you watched like, American Idol this year? A
1: little bit, and like I actually like what they're doing now more than um, what I used to see.
0: I like what they're doing, but can we talk about? Have you? How much do you watch of it?
1: Not not a lot, really. I just keep hearing about Alejandro.
0: Oh, Alejandro's great. Yeah. However, so this is one hundred percent my white girl opinion. Um, uh, the minute it came down to voting. From the judges or America? From America. Uh So I think the judges did a phenomenal job of putting together a really good group. Yeah. Right? The minute it came down to voting, it almost... (laughs) It seemed very racist when it came to voting. And all of the uh, black contestants were out first. Mm -hmm. And then everybody but Alejandro was out next that was not white. Yeah. And then I think Alejandro... The big guy, yeah, and then I haven't watched the past two weeks, but yeah. I, I kind of got mad because it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was based off talent. Yeah, well,
1: it's it's America.
0: I felt like it was based more on like the issues that we're having now in America. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: we're showing up in Idol, and I've never seen them show up on like a voting reality show. That's
1: before. nuts. You and, know, I, or, thought, I noticed. It yeah, was. I kind of had started thinking that, honestly, about The Voice. America,
0: I never watched that show. I'm sorry, but I don't watch After America starts voting because I think that I've. I always used to get mad. Yeah, I love the judges parts of all of them,
1: but when America gets in there, it's like
0: ugh. Well, and it's like then they, like you said, they took your two minutes of your story. So sometimes maybe it's a race thing, or maybe it's a, in others like where I felt like it was a race thing in Idol, but in other ones, it's who just had the best story versus the mm-hmm. best. That's what Talent. I like about The Voice is The Voice is actually your voice up until mm-hmm. right but a lot of them have become what's your story
1: yeah that's true they want they want america to connect with your story and yeah. and your voice hopefully both of those things <laughs>
0: right so they find you you weren't on season 15 so you no. Up on season
1: so they reached back out for season 16 just a couple months later
0: and like just kind of explain that process because what's going through your head, what does that look like? Well, it looks
1: different for everyone for sure. Um, which is a cool thing about the show, I think. Um, I just sent in more videos. They said, Cool, um, we want you to do a private audition in Chicago or pick a city nearest you and so I picked Chicago. Okay. And me and my boyfriend went up to Chicago and did that. It was it was awesome. It was like I love like goals and I love having like dates of something to like, you know, work towards. And so it was just, it was cool for me. I was like taking vocal lessons all the time, practicing all the time, just like really focused. Um, And at the same time, it's interesting because you never know at any point of this entire process, you can just get cut. For whatever reason, you may not ever even know. They might not. They just won't tell you.
0: Wait. So you make it, th- and they could just say you're just cut. Yeah, you have they, no reason.
1: Yeah, they can cut you at any point. It's just like
0: it's, is it because it's not their narrative? It's not following their narrative. Well,
1: it's it's the executive producers. You know, it's it's a network too. It's like, and yes, it's it's a narrative. It's casting. You are being casted. Yeah. It's not a talent show. You're being casted for a TV show. Um,
0: Do you think that's how it started off, or that's how it is with all these shows?
1: I think. I think that's how it started off. Yeah, I think that's how it was from the beginning. Like It's TV, it's ratings, and yeah. ratings equal money. you got to keep it interesting. That's true. There's just got to be a lot more than just talent, you know. Um, so the crazy thing about the show is um, putting these dates on your calendar, <laughs> working towards these goals, not knowing if you're going to be cut, trying not to make any plans around these dates because you really want it to happen. But like also putting your life on hold for yeah. like a year is what it feels like. It's nuts. So mm-hmm. I don't like my mind can't comprehend the people that go back every season.
0: Is that why most people don't go back every season? Probably,
1: because you have to give up so much time. So
0: much time. Do they do they fly you out there or do you have to fly out there on oh, top of that?
1: The voice is incredible. They fly you out there. Okay. They pay for your flight. They pay for your food. They pay for you to be
0: there and they pay for your airtime. So in your position where you're 27 and you're trying to make it as a singer, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to give up more time? Like what's what's the – I understand giving up the time is hard. What is the alternative to giving up time? That's a great question.
1: A That's a great question. I don't think anyone's asked me that. Um, Thanks. <laughs> I think – I don't know. Maybe it's just like the feeling of like potentially wasting – your time, mm-hmm. feeling like your time was wasted if you don't get through. Um, but but the time's doing? not really wasted anyway.
0: Because yeah. how do you get in front of that many people?
1: That's true. Like, it's a huge audience that I could never like conjure up on my own. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a feeling of, like, oh, well, that's done.
0: Is that what it felt like when you got caught? Was it just like, oh, that's done? Or do they still talk to you? What does that process? Oh, when you're cut on the show, you're cut. You're just done. You're done. Like, no, no, no. you get back to
1: your hotel, you fly home, like, boom. Oh, wow. And that's at any point in no the hugs? show. <laughs> I mean... No hugs? Not really. Not Change Especially not at the point that I'm at, that I got
0: cut, because you... I mean, like... They're... How genuine was that? Had they never really heard you, seen you? You're not allowed. To tell me. There's
1: so much I'm not really not allowed to say, but gotcha. honestly my personal opinion just seeing like how you're talking about like this network is like has mastered this machine Mm -hmm. that they've been doing for 16 seasons and every other show just like it they know what they're doing there's no
0: way they're like oh i can't wait for a country artist and then the next one's a country artist there's no i already know that (laughs) right Yeah,
1: yeah like i just it, I don't know, like it's a machine, guys, and I think the general public doesn't get that yeah stuff. They don't get those details. They don't see like you know, just on the day of it's nuts, you yeah, know? all the moving around and like was producers. it totally different than you
0: thought it was gonna be like?
1: Um, not really because I did like a bit of research. okay, like, I dug deep into Google to find past experiences from people that'd been on the show. Okay. And people were pretty honest. So, like, you can kind of find this stuff online, but you also sign NDAs. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So I don't know. You know.
0: Yeah, I won't. I won't make you. How break they your feel NDA. about it? But yeah. I recently signed an NDA for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And then I kept telling everyone they were, like, "Quit saying." that. Yeah. Someone that was with me that signed the NDA I was like, "I don't think we're supposed to say that." I'm like, eh. Ah. Can't even say that you signed it with them, right? right. <laughs> It's nuts. <laughs> it's Yeah, that is crazy. Okay, so it ends. Wait, did your family go with you when you auditioned? I don't remember.
1: Um, My brother okay. and his wife. Okay. My younger sister, the one that's taking care of my youngest brother. Okay. And my two best friends. What? And did, my boyfriend. And
0: your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And what did your family think about you being so open with your story on national television?
1: That's... Gosh. Um... I think, I think they were a little nervous because prepping for the show, prepping for the actual blind audition, um, they interview everyone, and can so find everyone they can find. Or well, everyone that comes just with you? yeah, people okay. that come with me, okay. and so I was like, "Hey guys, they might ask you questions, like." And they're like, what did you tell them? I was like, well, I just told them (laughs) the truth, told them the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like at this point in my life, like I'm not ashamed of my life. Yeah. Like it happened. It is real. It's I I don't have any reason to be ashamed about it. Like I've grown so much. I've overcome a lot of stuff. I'm excited about the future. I'm Trying my hardest not to be bitter about anything.
0: Don't you feel like going through, and maybe you don't, but let's see. This is what it looks like from my total third-party view. Don't you feel like, I mean, you went on The Voice, a huge opportunity. You got cut. You went through the second round thing, right? Mm -hmm. The comeback. Comeback, yes. And did make it through that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like blow, blow. Yeah. Don't you feel like because you've been through so much real crap that it actually made it a little bit easier to see the good in that? What came from that? Yeah. I totally agree with that, yeah. Um because if you were some some girl that grew up mom, dad had got a Mercedes at 16 and all the things, that could have been the biggest blow of your life. Biggest blow of my life.
1: It right? was I mean, it was for sure a blow because it was literally like a month after my church family excommunicated me. Oh, it was geez. like I'm still processing that while yeah. I'm on the stage at the voice. Yeah. So my mind and my heart, my world is just like freaking nuts. Yeah. And um but at the same time I was like I have like made it through so much. Like if this yeah. doesn't work out, I'm gonna be okay. And that's like one of the things I realized while I was standing on that stage. Like I shed some tears and but in that moment I was like,
0: Oh. But you I were still on it. that stage. Yeah. Like you just said all the other process, how many people they reach out to, right? Yeah. You were still on that I stage. I was still on
1: that stage. And like that's that's the gratitude that I I have to practice like yeah. I am grateful that I didn't give up up until that point because I wouldn't even made it there. Yeah. If I would have given up years ago, I wouldn't be there, you know. Nice. And so I just have to remind myself that I'm so grateful. And I you take psych exams and stuff.
0: Um, and Oh, you do. Yeah. I wouldn't pass those. I'd never <laughs> I, make it. Good thing I can't say. Well, I barely <laughs> passed. So
1: I think they thought I was like I had experienced too much trauma. And that I wouldn't make it, I wouldn't um, be okay with whatever the outcome would be on the yeah. show. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I have already overcome so much. Yeah, like, if this sure. does not come out the way, like, you know, I dream or hope it does, like, I'll be okay, you know?
0: You know what's so funny? Because I'm a little bit older than you, just a little bit. <laughs> um, and since I remember the first Idol audition, and that was when I was <laughs> in my early 20s, one of the things I remember is going and being like, um, anyone, why would anyone go on that show? They're going to make them someone they're not. And watching from the very first Idol or the very first whatever show to how actually people your age and a little bit younger now, right, the the people that are auditioning, I think at Idol, they started like 15 or whatever. Yeah. People are so much more like, this is who I am, take it or leave it, than they were Back then. Back then, yeah. Interesting. Back, back then, I don't want to say that, but <laughs> like 15 years ago when they started. Yeah, like, yeah. something shifted between this generation and that generation. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm on the tail end of millennials, so we're still in the generation. Okay, I'm still in there. But barely. I'm on the very, very tail end. Uh, where people were just like, because I remember I, a lot of that was the look that they were going to give you on those first idols, right? The look they were going to do. I remember one year they got a girl's teeth all fixed for her, which... She loved and she needed her teeth fixed. But, wow. like, that was part of, like, fixing her to fit their mold. Yes. Versus now, at least from my total, like, watching it on TV, it seems that the contestants are, I mean, I'm sure there's bending still. But there's a lot more, this is who I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And really, there's there's a whole different different look and feel to the contestants. Yeah. Where you get to be more artsy. Get
1: to be more of yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's That's interesting. That's... That's definitely a good thing. I mean, and yes, the show will always, these shows will always try to, because like I said before, they're casting mm-hmm. you. And so they're going to take what you already have and then tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. Each at each stage. And maybe they're just and looking for a different
0: cast now that looks more authentic. Yeah. Maybe that's part of their that's thing That's true. Too, like maybe, yeah,
1: maybe we don't want the country, you know, it's 15 country artists, you know, yeah. we want something a little different. One of the things... They're, gonna,
0: they're about to have to be a voice over to the, the Nashville the, Network or whatever exactly, it is, right? Exactly, because it's
1: so country. <laughs> but I mean, I love all the country artists on there.
0: No shame towards them. I don't like country at all. So for, oh. for the total third party, I'm like... And my husband looks just like Luke Bryan, right? So like... <laughs> Like we watch Idol just for that fact, but I'm just like this is a lot of country. Yeah, you know those country singers aren't gonna go with Adam Levine or Usher or whoever. Um, well, Usher's not on there anymore, but, but he he has been in the past. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Whoever it is, they're not gonna go with
1: right. They're gonna go. With Alicia Blake.
0: Keys. They're gonna go with Blake. Blake, right.
1: Blake or maybe Kelly because John Legend, John Legend, Kelly Clarkson, Adam Levine, and Blake Shelton.
0: So did you spend any time with them?
1: Uh, no, no. Just on that, what you saw on. TV was that.
0: If they all four would have turned, who would you have picked?
1: I would have picked John Legend all day, every day because he's like timeless and like I want to be timeless. I too. went to a
0: John Legend Super Bowl party one time, long time ago before wow. him and I had kids. Whoa. I didn't meet him, but it was just an awesome party. Yeah, so, that's cool. That was the closest I ever got to. He gave me a hug. Oh, we'll see. Kind of close. I got close. <laughs> so, what is big goal? Right. Because a lot of times I have people on here and we talk about business. Mm -hmm. Your business is singing. So, what is is the goal and how do you get there? Gosh. I've been trying to figure that out. Because you're waiting tables right now Mm -hmm. and and then doing gigging, right? Is that what you call it? Gigging? Uh. Gigs. Not
1: really. I don't want to okay. say I'm doing gigs because I, I once was doing gigs where okay. I'd play all over town. Yeah. But now I'm playing like legitimate shows that matter in So they're my called opinion. shows. Yeah. I would gigs.
0: call them a show. Okay. I don't know the topic. Like
1: I would call a gig like um, playing five to nine at, you know, McCormick
0: and Schmicks or something. But doing I would call a show. Yeah. Got it. That's okay. I'm using the wrong. So you're doing shows. Yes. And then you're waitressing. Yes. And then what's the big goal? the
1: big the big goal right now which has been so hard for some reason is to release music. Okay. I've been writing a lot but I have not produced and released anything for 2 years. Why? Um you write all your own stuff? Yeah, cool. and the but the song that I have like that's out that I put out 2 years ago, I wrote that with a small group of people. Okay. Um at JTL group, but I think, one, money. Okay. Because you have to rent
0: the studio space.
1: or Yeah, or find you know the producer. You got to pay the musicians if okay. you have live instruments in it. And um, money, because I want it to be good quality. There are a lot of studios here, a lot of producers, but not like everyone can give you like a radio-ready track yeah. got with it. amazing quality. Um And then, for sure, insecurity because like writing is freaking hard.
0: Why don't you just T Swift it up and write about all the shit you've been going through?
1: Oh, I have. I've been. Oh, I have, and it's been great writing about all that stuff. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, But before, I couldn't. But something changed. Something clicked, and I've been like just on it, writing a ton. Do you think the voice was a little bit of validation that maybe you needed? Um, I think so. yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think honestly, just the year that like. That many networks reached out to me yeah, at one time. That was a lot of validation that what I had been doing up until that point was counted. Yeah. <laughs> it mattered. And so that I should continue doing it. even though Because a lot of times you feel like you, running a business or anything, being a mother or whatever, like what you're doing is not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like a lot of the behind the scenes type of stuff. And so.
0: Like there are no overnight successes.
1: Yeah. There just isn't because
0: most of those people that were on the show with you were probably doing it for a long time.
1: Some of them were. Some of them were like, oh, I just started singing at my church. I never oh. sang outside of my church. Or you're like, you get know. out of here. It's crazy. <laughs> Everyone's story is different, which is yeah. the cool part about it. But it was validation to like also just like get my shit together. Um What does that mean? And be more confident. It's, it's
0: getting my shit together. Why aren't you confident? You're gorgeous. You have everyone in the world wishes they were a good singer. So you have a good singing voice. I don't think you understand what that feels like for people that don't. You're gorgeous. I know you Thank got, you got know. a rough a rough history, but you've overcome it, right? Which is an awesome story. I have, but there's like a point
1: of um, overcoming the physical part of it, but then after that you you still have to build like the internal, yeah. which I never built. So you're working on that, and so I'm working on that part.
0: Who's your mentor? You got a mentor? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Maybe uh, Rob Bell, <laughs> Richard Rohr. Just kidding. I don't. Know. I don't even know
0: who they I are. I want to be in on the joke. But there's. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who they are.
1: They're like authors and like okay. podcast hosts and you know speakers and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. have like a physical mentor. Who but.
0: is the who's the goal? Like who's somebody you look at and you're like. That would be who I would like to be like, like a role model. Oh,
1: That's so good. Um, <laughs> I think I really like Oprah.
0: I love Oprah. I love Oprah.
1: I really she like came her. Out, she
0: overcame a bunch of family shit too. She, yeah, she did. You know? Yeah. And she was authentic before people were ready. That's true. Authentic. She was. And even now, I saw something a few uh, few months ago, but it said, you think you're having a bad day. Oprah lost this amount of money today in Weight Watchers like because she's got stock in it. That's why she's on all the commercials, <laughs> right? And, and the oh, stock plummeted. <laughs> and it said, get on there. She's still being positive or something. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's up and down even at that point. I mean, yeah. It's still, I don't care how many millions. If you lose fifty million dollars yeah. in a day, that's still a lot of You'll, money, right? Yeah, it is. Still feel it a little bit. So I, th- I think that's a good role model. Yeah, I think Oprah is,
1: and maybe she's really good at faking it, but I don't think so. I don't think she is. I think it's authentic.
0: Plus, she's like a little bit older, and by the time you're a little bit older, you're like, fuck it, I don't want to yeah. fake it anymore.
1: But she, and she's been going for so long, long like, time. not to just like magnify her struggle, but like she has pushed for a long time and you just have to push. Once you stop pushing, like it's over. Yeah. You know? You might as well just like lay down and die. I don't know. And <laughs> I just want like I love right. the level of like authenticity that she has and openness and um just like love. It just seems so genuine.
0: Yeah. Singing wise, who's your role model? Cuz I know it's not Oprah cuz I think she's got my same singing Yeah.
1: <laughs> um honestly, I think my fairytale dream is like Beyonce because she works so damn hard.
0: you seen Homecoming? Of course you've seen Homecoming. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I honestly had to make a mental decision like yesterday to stop listening to it because <laughs> I've been yeah. listening to it way too much. I even I have even found that it's like, a translating in the music that I'm writing because I'm just like oh, oh. Beyonce she just, she just feels so good you She's know a good one though, too. So I'm like okay I gotta listen to something else for like a week yeah or something like that um, but Beyonce and Celine Dion yes. it would be Whitney Houston but she didn't she didn't um,
0: she never really dominated she, her demons right
1: she yeah she didn't she didn't yeah she didn't slay her demons yeah and so uh, but the bodyguard but it, soundtrack still but it would Killer. be Whitney but Celine Celine has been doing it for so long and you know I don't know if it's because she's like a perfectionist or something like that but she is taking care of taking well like good care of her voice as well yeah. and is still doing it and
0: She's went through a little bit of her own stuff, too, mm-hmm. right? Especially recently. Yeah. All right. Tell people how they can find you, because I think that a lot of people that listen to this are going to want to, especially here in Kansas City, reach out to you, and uh, we're going to get you at the Royals. So tell people how they can find you, <laughs> which is not something I usually do on my show, but I'd like to oh, for wow. you. Oh,
1: Special. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Crystal Rose Music, Instagram, Crystal Rose Music. It's kind of weird. My profile picture on Instagram is just a mustard yellow solid picture. Yeah. Looks like Firefest. So, fist. yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, And, you know, Crystal Rose on Twitter, then Crystal
0: Rose. Are you on LinkedIn? I'm not. We're going to get you on LinkedIn. I'm not on there. I'll post it when she's on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> Please do. That's how you get the big corporate gigs. It's true. I'll work true. on that with you. All right. Last piece of advice for anyone that's listening. How do you overcome? What's your best number one piece of advice when you go through something that sucks, like getting cut from the voice or growing up in kind of a sucky house? How do you keep going? What's that one piece of advice?
1: Hmm. Remember why you started or know why
0: you do what you do because the why is everything. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I see that a lot. So. Good answer. Thanks. You passed. <laughs> All right, that is it for this week's Cocktail Hour. Do you want to hear from your favorite local businesswoman? Do you know a woman in business who has shaken shit up? Send your recommendations to Girl at cocktailhourpodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends. We share our stories to motivate and inspire you, so spread the love around. Until next time, I'm Erin Volk. Keep your class and your glass raised, and we'll see you at the next Cocktail Hour. Thank you, Crystal Rose. Thank you.